Create for No Reason is your weekly dose of courage to stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Hello, hello. I hope you are doing awesome. I'm so excited about this episode because I get to introduce you to my friend Terrence. He is such an amazing human. He is, he's a very old soul. You know those people that you meet and they just feel, he's very calm and peaceful and you just could listen to him all day. There's just some something about them. And that is that is Terrence. He is just a, a very interesting person. He's written two books already. He's working on his third. We talk about the writing process. We talk about what he learned in writing his books. We talked about the creative process in general and how to deal with your haters and just the process of continuing to do your work even if it doesn't get discovered, even if people don't like it. And there, and we talked about what that means. We talked about you're doing your work for you, but you're also doing it for the person who needs it. And someone needs it. Someone needs your work. Your work is not for everyone, but it is for someone. And unless you put it out into the world, no one's going to discover it. So that's just a little bit about of what we talked about. Terrence is awesome. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. He's great. And I'm excited for you to, to get something out of this episode as I, as my wish always is for you when you, when you listen. I'm excited to introduce you to my friend Terrence P. Elmore. He is a South Carolina native and Benedict College graduate who's been writing since childhood. His passion for writing led to the creation of the Brown Sugar Cafe, a blog where every Wednesday you find a poem that will encourage and inspire you. He's the author of Love Letters, a collection of poems, and The Essence of Love. Both poetry collections are centered around love because he recognized a need to distinguish the difference between real love and misrepresented love. He's currently working on his third book, which is so impressive. To see what's next, make sure to subscribe to the brownsugarcafe.blog and the Brown Sugar Cafe podcast. So please welcome my friend Terrence. Hey, Terrence, how are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. How are you? I am wonderful. I am so happy that we get to have this conversation because... You're a, a fellow writer and you're working on your third book, which yes. is very impressive. Thank you. I'm so curious because as I was reading this, I, I forgot that, that, your, that, that both of your collections were around love. And you said that you recognized a need to distinguish between real love and misrepresented love. What does that mean? Well, when I started writing the, the poems and well, actually sharing them, it was at a time where it seems like, and we're kind of back at that time now where there's a lot of negative stuff out there. And there's a lot of conversation around about love, not being real, um, love being hurtful, love being pain and that sort of thing. And I just decided to show people the true side of love, a different side of love, because whenever I ask somebody why, you know, they feel like love hurts, they always say a person, they use a person as an example. Mm. So, in essence, that that misrepresentation of love, that person misrepresented love. So it wasn't love that hurt you. It was the actual person. So I wanted to put some some poetry out there, something that's easy to read, that 
people can read and relate and kind of rekindle their love for love or introduce them to love in a different light than what's being shown and what's being seen. Oh, I love that. So what's, what is your definition of love? Well, it's <laughs> my grandfather used to always say that uh, love is what it does. So to me, it's, it's from the heart. It's caring for somebody um, more than you care for yourself in the same way that you care for yourself. Like, for instance, you need self-love before you can love anybody else. So it's finding out what's inside of you and being able to give that to yourself as well as others. So you write these poems. You started the blog. You started writing these poems uh, about love. Where do you find the inspiration to just keep writing about, especially the the top? I mean, look, love, right? Who can <laughs> love is the best. We all want to. We can't get enough of talking about love and relationships and the human condition. But what inspires you to really sit down and write a poem every week and share it with the world? Well, um, since I started my blog, my poems have been kind of geared more towards. Um, I guess, inspirational things that kind of keep people inspired. And so I guess the need to encourage and inspire people, that's what keeps me writing every week because I've had people tell me that they look forward to my poems on Wednesday, that it kind of um, gets them through the week. That's why I chose Wednesday. So it could be sort of a, a time of day to kind of get you over that hump. And it's, I don't know. It's, I guess it's my calling. It's, I, I, I love inspiring people. I love encouraging people. I love for people to be the best version of themselves. And so I, I feel like I'm doing my part to contribute to that. Well, you are because your poems, I love that you shared that you wanted to write poems that were easy for people to consume. They are very easy, easily consumable. And I think with, with poetry, when someone who is not a poet or maybe they don't really know poetry that well, it's kind of intimidating. I think people are intimidated right. by poetry, especially to write poetry. That's that's how I was. I consider myself a decent writer, but when I wanted to explore poetry a little bit more, I was really nervous. I was like, oh, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what it is or how to get started. And it was a little intimidating to even... And, and I did take a, a workshop to to kind of learn how to do it, but I was even nervous to go into the workshop. So for somebody that is thinking, oh, I love this idea of maybe writing my own poems or exploring poetry or exploring some of the topics that they really love in, in that way, what would you recommend for them? I would recommend just starting. Um, whatever thoughts you have, just get them written out. Um, poems don't have to rhyme. Um, that's a popular belief, but they don't always have to rhyme. You could just get your thoughts out. And if you want to be more um, strategic, I guess you can look at different types of uh, forms of poetry, you know, like haikus, um, different um, things like uh, sinkanes, uh, elfchins. Those are like smaller poems. And if you really want to dive into it, you can look into those type of forms and, you know, get a plan out, get a notebook out and just write and see if you can make it fit in those. And if you can't, that's fine, too, because it's poetry to me is it's it's from the heart, it's from inside. So what you write when it's in poetry form, it's 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 true to you. You know, people don't have to like it. People don't have to agree with it. But there's always going to be somebody who responds to it and who relates to it. People don't have to like it. This is something I feel <laughs> is so important to highlight because so many so so many of the listeners, they have a creative project 
right? They're writing or they're podcasting or they're doing videos. And this idea of putting yourself out there and getting criticized or having those critics, it's mm -hmm. hard, right? Because of course yeah. we want people to like our work. Right. So how do you deal with the haters? Oh, <laughs> well, my hate so far has only been kind of like um, people just not wanting to read about love in general or people who might be at a place where they're feeling kind of down and something uplifting and inspiring is just not what they want to hear right now. And so I just, you know, hey, pocket this and maybe come back to it later. You'll find some value in it. It could, it might not be for right now, but it could be for later. Um, fortunately, I haven't had anybody, you know, say anything like really, really negative or anything like that. But it's mostly been like personal things like, you know, I don't want to hear all that love stuff right now or, you know, I don't feel like hearing that. And that's cool. But pocket it and maybe visit it later. Yeah. I, you know, I love the conversation of just putting your work out into the world for for those strangers, because sometimes the people that are closest mm -hmm. to us, right? Like we, we feel like, oh, they're my friend. They want to know what I'm talking about. Right. No, my friends don't care what I'm talking about when it comes to, you know, right. I run a coaching company. They don't want to hear me talk about company culture and employee engagement. They don't necessarily want to read the poems that I write, but someone, someone out there right. in the world really resonates. And so I really feel like when you have something so strong, when you feel so strongly about an idea or just and whatever words that you want to kind of string together that means something to you. If it means that much to you, it's going to mean something to someone else. Right, right. And that's what I, I also take with that when I share something, because for a long time, I never shared um, whether it was a poem or anything that I really wrote. It was just kind of something that I just did. Um, a few people knew that I, I wrote poetry and just wrote in general. But it wasn't until I, I created the blog and put that that book out there. That first book was when people really knew. And then it was this conversation like, well, why you didn't tell me or why you didn't say anything? And it, it wasn't like I was trying to hide it. I just it was just was something that I, I did. But then I realized that what I'm writing and what I'm creating isn't just for me. It's for someone else and somebody, you know, who needs it won't get a chance to discover it if I'm just keeping it in my notebook or keeping it in my notes app. So I feel like it's my duty to share these things and put them out there so people can, you know, read them and, and hopefully have a conversation with other people about it. And it, it sparks some type of, some type of real conversation about, you know, love and positivity. It's, it's so many negative things going around right now. So many negative conversations that are, you know, kind of tearing friendships apart because people don't agree. So hopefully, you know, something that someone reads a mind can start a conversation and get people to a place where, you know, we can have open and honest, open and honest conversations with each other. Yeah. And I love that you called it your duty. It's like you have this, you are doing your part to make the world a more positive place. And I look at it from a standpoint too of put it out, even like, maybe no one's going to see it, right? Like you might just keep putting work out. And even if no one sees it, like just the fact that you're putting it out for someone else to find it, to discover it, and just don't really think about it. I feel like the less, what is that uh, they say? Be open, be open to everything attached to nothing. I right. feel like the more that you are unattached to the outcome, you're not putting something out to, for somebody to find and discover you and think this is the most incredible poem I've ever, I've ever read. It's more like, oh, 
this is a poem that I wrote and I'm going to write another one next week and I'm going to come back the week after. And you just keep practicing to the point of practicing. Writing is interesting. You and I, we could, I, I feel like we are the same in, in some of our writing practices. And I love listening to writers talk about their process because great writers write every day. They sit right. down and they write every single day. So talk about your writing practice. It's funny that you asked that. So when I <laughs> when I finished um, the first draft of my 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 new book, I kind of stopped for a while because it, it felt kind of so intense. And I saw that you started a 250 word a day writing challenge and I kept seeing it. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I started at the beginning of this month. And it's it's really been great. Um, I used to write, you know, something every day, but it, it wasn't ever with a goal like 250 words or something like that. It was always, you know, because I'm having thoughts all the time, things to write, whether it's little uh, quotes or if it's just maybe a poem, maybe not, maybe a blog post or something like that. And so with this 250 words a day challenge, it's really pushed me back to where I was when I used to really write and write a lot. So I want to thank you and appreciate you for putting that out there because, man, those first couple of days, it was kind of rough, but I'm on day 23 now. And so it's, it's, it's been, it's been pretty cool. And I, I don't feel myself stopping either once oh the uh, 30 days is up. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I love that so much. And yes, you won't stop. Like that's the that's the greatest part about the challenge is that it's 30 days. And once you get over that hump, right, you get kind of past the first few days and now you're on 23. So you're like, well, now I have to get to the 30 because you're almost, right. you know, you're almost over. So, and then you just got back into the practice. And so that's what I was saying when I did the challenge and look, I did the challenge and I even talked about it, the way to hold myself accountable. I was doing TikTok videos. No one's watching my TikTok. Well, apparently you're watching I it. Am. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, on the big scale, like I don't have hundreds of that. I don't even have a thousand followers on TikTok, but it didn't matter. I did right. it for me. I did it because that was my metric on holding myself accountable. And once you get to, I mean, I, I think I remember at, I think it was about 17. I was like, I'm not going to keep posting these videos. Why? Like, it doesn't matter. But then I was like, no, you said 30 days. You right. have to do it. Not only did you say you were going to write, but you said you were going to post the video, which kind of goes back to my, and I just, I just put my, the episode out today. I put my, the podcast episodes out on Tuesday. And the one that I talked about today was called creative courage. And I shared with the listeners that I, my goal for the podcast was to, if I was going to start it, I was committed to at least a hundred episodes. Okay. And I just posted number 78. And I'm kind of rethinking the podcast, what I want it to be, where I want to go with it. I think I might start a different one altogether with a different audience. I don't like, I'm going through all of these thoughts wow. and yeah. I'm thinking, cause I'm trying to be more strategic, like on the business side, instead of gotcha. what this podcast is about, which is creating for no reason, just for the fun of it. But honestly, Terrence, would anybody care if I stopped at episode 80? No, literally no one. They'd be like, oh, bummer. She stopped. No big deal. I can't. I have to do the hundred because yeah. I committed to doing the hundred. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I would be disappointed. Like I would know that I only made it to 80 and I like stopped with only 20 more episodes to go. So I think there's something to be said about 
having creative courage and holding yourself accountable to doing the work that you know that's important. Like, I think these episodes are important and it doesn't matter if hundreds of thousands of people don't find it. I feel like as long as one person, it makes an impact, then I feel good about it. Right, right. And the other thing about um, me posting my poems on on a blog page and even with podcasting is if somebody didn't discover it today, tomorrow, next week, a month from now, it could be months from now and somebody might stumble across it. And it could be what they need at that time. A lot of famous writers and um, people with podcasts in general, in the beginning, nobody was really watching or paying attention. And then all of a sudden, everybody knows who they are. And we're thinking like they were this overnight success. And it's like, oh, they've been doing this five, 10 years. And they have the, you know, the stuff, the catalog that you can go back and listen from the beginning. So I always try to tell people, especially when you're writing something and putting it out there or podcasting and, you know, you get better and better. You might want to be like, ah, that first one was kind of cringe and you you might be tempted (laughs) to kind of delete it, but leave it out there because that's inspiration for somebody in itself to see where you started and where you are now, even with writing. Some people I hear about, you know, when they do their first book, they go back and rewrite the first book over again later on because they didn't like it. I say keep it the same. Because people can see your progression and your growth. Yeah. Write another book. Yeah. Just write another book. You can tweak it. You can Pretty tweak much. the same the same <laughs> concepts. Yeah. There's this, there's there, when people talk about that, it's the 10 year overnight success, right? Like we right. might not have heard about them, but then you look back at all their work and that's, again, that's what's so exciting. I look at your, your body of work, like your collective body of work, everything that you're creating. Now you are writing your third book, which is amazing. I would love to know what did you learn? What did you learn kind of in writing your first and second book that you're taking with you as you're writing this third one? Well, one of the things that I I didn't do enough of, and I kind of need to do a little more of it now, but I, I did do better this time was letting people know before I actually published kind of getting the buzz out there and telling people, um, not being afraid to repeat telling people, um, because you have to keep it fresh in their mind. When I first um, published my first book, I didn't want to be kind of annoying. I didn't want to bother people. But over time, you know, people were getting on me like, well, why didn't you remind me? And I'm like, well, I didn't want to, you know, pester you and be a bother. But they were like, you know, I have so many different things going on. I honestly forgot. So you have to keep it fresh in my mind. So that made me feel more comfortable just reminding people, telling people and kind of putting stuff out there. Um, it's it's kind of hard to sell yourself, I guess you could say, um, you know, because you want people to experience what you've written, what you've created, but then you don't want to be kind of like forcing it at them. So it, it, it took me two books to understand that people want to hear about when I have another project coming. People want to be reminded that I have another one coming. People want to be reminded that, hey, I haven't purchased it yet and I need to go ahead and put it in my cart or it's in my cart. I need to go ahead and buy it. So that's one of the things I took from like put myself out there, kind of, you know, remind people, hey, I have this going on. This is what I'm doing. I know it's been a while since um, you've heard me you know, speak about my book or whatever, but I'm still working on it. It's still coming. And here's my progress. 
Yeah, I think so many first-time authors don't realize how strategic you have to be in the marketing side of things, even right. if you have a publisher, right? Like even, right. even publishers, why do you think that these big, big names that have millions of followers get book deals? Cause they have a built-in audience. Right. And so if you don't have that built-in audience, you have to really take like, you know, months to figure out. So I know some people have their, their book army, they call them, right? Like they have their list, like they create a whole list of people that they can reach out to and ask them to buy the book, your friends, your family, your colleagues, like anyone that has ever said, Terrence, I like your work or I love this poem because those people, they do want to, they do want to support you. Right. Right. I was talking to, so one of the guys uh, that I had on this show is, uh, named Stu. He is, he almost has a million followers on TikTok. Yeah. I listened to that episode. Did you? So good. Right. And what yes. was I saying to him? I'm like, Stu, you have like 900 and something thousand people. If you got some, or he's like, I was thinking about maybe doing merch or this or that, but who's going to buy it? I'm like, you're everybody, like right, all of right. the people that love you because he buys other people's stuff. And even if I'm not interested in some of my, in some of my friends' works or books, I buy them of course to support them. That is so true. You can so just true. give it yeah. away. You can yeah. give it to friends. And I love the camaraderie of creators. I love the camaraderie of creators, right? Like when someone's out in the world, you are putting your ideas out into the world and it's important to support that, especially when it's positive. It is. It is. And the, the courage for someone to just put something out there it, like we see it and we celebrate that. It's like, wow, you, you, especially if you've been talking to somebody and they say they're going to do something is it's taking a long time. And then one day, bam, there it is. It's like, you're so excited and, and proud of them for just stepping out of their comfort zone and putting it out there. And what they may think is not perfect. It could be perfect for somebody else. And that's like the point of everything, putting yourself out there. And we like, when my first podcast episode, man, I, it, it took me so long to edit that and re-record and re-record, but I finally just just put it out there and it was very well received, even though I didn't think it was all that great. But the message is what was important. That's what everybody was talking about, the message and how you know clean and crisp it sounds, but the message really hit home. Yeah, that's what it's about. Now, you know, when you get into podcasting, like you and I, obviously, we're, we're probably a little bit more harsh when we listen to a podcast, like, wait, that person, the volume is off, the sound quality is not that great, or they should have asked this question or all these things going through our mind. But somebody that's not a podcaster, they just enjoy content. They are loving it because it's right. about the content. So I love that you brought that up. I think that's a message that people really need to hear because so often what stops people in their creative pursuits is I don't have the right camera. I don't have the right microphone. I don't have the right, the perfect title of the of my blog or website or podcast. Like all of those things, you could wait forever and you're never going to feel ready. You just right. have to start. You're always going to find an excuse because when you figure out a name, then it's like, oh, well, I don't have this. Oh, well, I don't have that. Yep. I don't have the perfect trailer. <laughs> I don't have the perfect. I mean, that's how I felt about this show. I mean, we didn't have everything totally perfect. And by the way, I found this out the other day and it broke my heart. My very good friend who I used to have a podcast with, 
he <laughs> he told me, he's like, I never wanted to tell you, but I'll tell you. He's like, I hate the name of your podcast. No. Why? <laughs> he said, I hate it. I said, oh my gosh. He's like, yeah, it's cringeworthy. I said, it's cringeworthy. Oh my God. Now I've been friends with this person for like 15 years. And obviously he said it in the most of loving course, way, yeah, however, yeah. however much you can say it. But hey, I appreciate that he's honest with me. He doesn't have to love all the things that I do, just like I don't have to love all the things that he does. But Terrence broke my heart a little bit. I was so proud when we came up the name of this show and he's like, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> but, did, but did he enjoy the content though? Well, yeah, he does. He he's funny because he's kind of like when I think about it, I'm like, look, he's not my market. You know what I mean? Like that's right, a, right. that's another thing. We ask sometimes we can ask advice from people who are not the person that our content is for. Like that I just so had true. I just had a conversation with my sister the other day. My sister is like one of my biggest fans. She's amazing. And I was talking to her about the title of my book. My sister doesn't know. She's like, what? I don't, is that, I'm, I'm asking her what she likes more, which of course she can have an opinion, but she's not like invested in the, in the work because she's not my market. So we have to recognize who we're asking. That's why having creative friends like that you can, like, I know Terrence, you are a writer. You know, the challenges that I'm going through, you know, the the anxiety I'm going to have when my book comes out and I'm like, oh my gosh, is anybody going to read this thing? <laughs> Yes. I know that all too well. <laughs> oh my gosh. So how do you get over that? I mean, you've published, this is your third book. Like did, what was the biggest difference between the first book and the second book? And then the second book to the third? Well, the biggest difference was when I launched the second book, I started doing like signings and stuff. I had them all lined out and then here comes COVID Oh, and geez. so that put me in a weird place as far as my marketing, because with the first book, I was doing signings and stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm a face to face type of person. I like going to events and having live conversations with people. And so having to try to shift to online was very awkward for me. And so I guess this process with, you know, having to kind of market that second book and being online and not in person has made it easier this time to be able to do both. But I, I, I love, love in person. That's just, I like talking to people. I like interacting with people. I like explaining the concept behind my books. I just like having, you know, in-depth conversations with people face-to-face. -face. This, That's just, <laughs> that's just how I am. Um, on the, Yeah. And on this third book, um, I didn't do a pre-sale on the other two, but I'm thinking about doing one on this one. Um, to see how that goes. But from the first one, the second one to now, um, it's just it's easier once you get that first one out because all of your your worries and things like, you know, will people buy it? Will people like it? Will people care about it? After that first time, you, you're comfortable. You understand that, you know, people will support you, especially your your family and friends and people will, you know, enjoy what you're putting out there. It's it's for somebody and you may not see, it, you know, you uh, you feel it. OK, of course, you feel like this is going to be for everybody, but it's not until it comes out. and You know, you realize like. It's not as great as I may feel like it is, but it is to everybody else in a totally different way. 
you know, this is my baby. I made it. I created. Of course, I'm gonna have a very special feeling about it. But when you start hearing how other people receive it and how it impacts other people's lives, it makes a world of difference. I could feel it when you said it's for somebody. Like I visit, I was like, oh, I got goosebumps <laughs> when you said that. Like it's for somebody. Yeah. If everyone just thought it's for somebody when they're creating their content, we would create in a much different way. Like knowing that you're getting to that person exactly the time that they want to hear it. That's like the best compliment in the world when someone finds your video or reads your poem or something. And like, you spoke directly to me. Right. That's yeah. what I needed. I and then know. it catches you off guard too. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, you would just be minding your business and you might get like a, a message or, you know, text message or a, a DM or something like that, or, or even a comment on something. And somebody tells you, um, especially like with my first book, I would get like messages from people that bought my book that I didn't even know. And they just found me on Instagram or Facebook and they wanted to let me know how much they enjoyed it. And I was like, wow, you know, it was just out of the blue. And just one day I'm checking my messages and I'm like, you, you really appreciated this, you know, this, this, my baby, this thing that I released to the world, it made a difference to you and it impacted you so much that you took your time to find me and contact me so you could let me know. Like when you start getting those messages and things like that, it's like, okay, all of the frustration and the editing and all this other stuff to get to that final product, it's all worth it. Yes. Oh, you need that. You need that to get through yeah. all that stuff because it's a process, man. It is a, it yeah. is a process. <laughs> oh my gosh. So are you just going to keep writing books? I mean, this is number three. Do, do you see yourself just keep publishing? That's a good question. Um, I believe so. Uh, it's like the ideas just come to me. Um, you know, just sometimes like I like to say I'm just sitting there minding my business, and then I just be sitting there like I should do another book, and then the thoughts just start coming. Um, I want to do something with short stories later on. Mm. I was going to include them in this project, but I realized that I probably should put that off and do it later. Um, because it kind of was slowing up my writing process because it takes more to do like short stories. And then when you're writing, you're, you're, you're your worst enemy because I don't know about you, but when I read something over, I'm always finding a better way that I could say it. And so yes. <laughs> it takes longer and I'm not so critical when it comes to like writing poetry as I am with like short stories, because I can go down a rabbit hole of changing the conversation to maybe even changing the name of the characters. And I want to have this done by the end of the year. So I was like, maybe I can save that for another project. Yeah. That's its own animal. I feel I, I knew, I know when I was writing, I, so I had a writing coach. So uh -huh. I was, I was like learning as I went, how to get better. And you want to know the hardest part of the book to write were the stories the stories yeah. were the hardest part because you have to craft them in the way you have to, we tend to put more details than are necessary. And then, right. so, and she's like, <laughs> no, you can't like, you lost me. Now I don't even know where you're going with this. And I'm like, oh, it was so frustrating. But then as I was learning and growing as a writer, I would then go back to the beginning and I'd, I'd want to like redo the whole thing. 
And so as my I'm as guilty my of that, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's the worst. And then I went back to my editor and she's like, Well, now you have to, it's the proofread. So just go through it again. I'm like, no. If I proofread this thing, I'm gonna want to rewrite the whole freaking exactly. book. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, so if you guys edited, then it's good because I've read it a gazillion times and I can't. I just can't read it right. again. Right. That was the other thing I learned from the first book to the second book was once I, I, I you know, get it back from editing and I have somebody else proofread it, don't read it again myself. Because mm. I, I, I did that with the first one. I was like, ah, I could kind of do this with this. Uh, maybe I can move this around and kind of, uh, I don't like how I use that word there. And then it was just kind of prolonging the process. I don't know. And then thinking about it now, it's like, was that some kind of subconscious thing that I was doing to kind of draw out the process of me saying, here, guys, here's here's a book that I created. I hope you like it. Wait, what? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, did I subconsciously just, you know, reread, reread and kind of prolong the process to kind of like self-sabotage and be like oh interesting i I was i started thinking about that the other day like is that something because sometimes we do it and don't even know it like is that something that we're doing because we're like it's some sort of nervousness or something inside that we're like well uh, it's not good enough so if i keep doing this and i keep tweaking that maybe i can prolong it a little more so I was wondering about that with my first book. I was like, was I doing that and didn't know it? That is a really good observation. I do feel like that is definitely one of those like subconscious things that you wouldn't recognize that you're doing it because you're outwardly thinking, oh, no, I want to get it. I want it to be great. Right. I want it to be that, you know, look this certain way. But and that's what that is what stops so many people from sharing. It's that perfectionism. It's that you think that in some way you're going to get it perfect. But if there's anything that we have learned and we both study writers is that it's never perfect. I don't know that I've met any author that said that they wouldn't go back and tweak something here and there in the book. Now they don't right? like the book is the book and they move on and they write another book. But there's I mean, most authors that I have met said the second you publish it there are things that you wish that you could go back and change. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many different the things. The struggle is real <laughs> with writers. But that's what I love about being able to to write the book. You can write another book and yeah. you're able to write the blog or write the newsletter. I mean, I've started that newsletter and that newsletter that I, I write every week and it pushes me. I have to think of something to share that I feel like would be meaningful to somebody on a, on a Sunday. I mean, my whole thing yeah. is, you know, sending it out on Sunday for some inspiration, but it takes, it's a muscle. It's a muscle like anything else. We have it to is, practice yeah. it. Yeah, it truly is. That That's one of the things, um, you know, <laughs> I realized, but I didn't realize how much, how much important it was, especially to this new project. Like when I took that break until I started that that word, 250 word a day challenge, I was like, yeah, this is what you do. You need to be writing something, you know, every day. And this is what you've, you know, kind of been doing. But that little break, it felt good, but I needed something to get me back in the driver's seat and get me back writing. Um, and with my podcast, I kind of strayed away from writing something out. You know, first I just kind of freestyled with it, but I decided to use this challenge to write a script 
I guess you can say a script for um, my next uh, podcast episode. And so I've been using this challenge to write down some things because it's been a while since I actually posted a blog on my page. And um, so I'm using this time to kind of restart that and get that going again. So it's 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 truly been like a muscle. It's like being in the gym. It's it's, yeah. it's like once you get back in the gym, and you haven't been there in a while. You're, you're trying to lift as heavy as you, you used to. It's, it's not really the same and it gets frustrating. But after like that second or third time, once you're back in there, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you're challenging yourself to do more and do different things that you know you could do. And then some of the stuff you surprise yourself. You're like, I know I've been coming up with all type of ideas during this process. And it's really been helping me to actually get them out. Because sometimes I have a bad habit of having an idea and not writing it out. And then an hour later, I'm like, oh, man, I had a really good idea. What was that? Yes. <laughs> You have to write it down. Yes. Oh my gosh, that I used to, yeah, I still do that sometimes. But yes, I have I definitely use my Ever Evernote and my my Google uh the the G Drive. I'm always in there with anything that I feel like I think about. I'm like, "Oh, especially in the morning when you're like yeah. mind is super creative." So, Terrence, you know, I asked you this last time and I always ask my guests, "What is one activity that we can do 10 minutes or less to help spark our creativity? Well, <laughs> for me, it's, it's, it's changed since the last time we talked. Um, I like to go outside in the backyard and just be with nature. We have these trees behind us and there are so many birds and they're back there. It seems like in the evening time, that's when they're really going. I just like to be outside and just sit with my thoughts, um, breathe in and out and just reflect on the day, reflect on what I want to do. If I'm about to get into some deep writing, I sit out there and I reflect and I think about, okay, where do I want to go with this? What do I want to do? And I just enjoy that moment, just being there. Like, don't try to force out what you're writing. Just let it happen. Even if you're sitting in front of a piece of paper or your phone notes or whatever you use, just sit in the moment and not always force yourself to see the end product, but just be in the moment, right? Whether it's outside, whether it's at your desk, whether whether it's in the car, just be in the moment, okay, for about 10 minutes and just, just be in the moment, enjoy the moment, and then start writing. Beautiful. Beautiful. You have such a calming way about you, Terrence. Oh, it's thank you. <laughs> really beautiful. You just have this very calm and you're like an old soul. That's I hear that a lot. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's um, from the time I spent with my grandparents too. Um, so yeah. And I like a lot of old, old school music and stuff like that as well. So <laughs> I love that. That's so sweet. Well, Terrence, uh, the best place for people to find you, the brown sugar cafe dot blog. Yes. Yes. And also um, the brown uh, at the brown sugar cafe on Instagram and also Facebook. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. Good luck with the launch of the book. Thank you. And congratulations to finishing your book. I'm looking forward to that coming out so I can purchase my copy. Oh, thank you so much. I cannot wait. I cannot wait until it is out into the world. I cannot wait. And I can wait because I'm so nervous about right. it. But <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yes. But it's going to be awesome. So when your book comes out, we will, uh, I will share it again. And of course, get some copies for friends. And 
we get to support each other. See, because this is what it's about, right. supporting each other. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Terrence. I will, I will see you online. Okay. <laughs> see you soon. <laughs> and there you have it. Okay. How peaceful and calm is Terrence? It's so interesting. I feel like I'm such this high energy person and Terrence just feels so calm and relaxed. And it's just a fun, a fun conversation. And you can tell he has such a great heart. He really cares about the work that he does, about putting love into the world and also in supporting other creators. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm so grateful that we're friends. I'm glad that you had an opportunity to, to meet him. Please connect with him and let him know what you liked about the episode. And I love his act, 10 minute or less activity, right? Nature, going out in nature, taking a walk, just sitting in nature and seeing what, what inspires you, just being outside and noticing things that you might not have otherwise noticed because we're so often on our phone or distracted. And so I definitely encourage you to take advantage of that activity to spark your creativity. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please let me know by sending me an email or letting me know on Instagram or LinkedIn. Would love to hear from you. And I would also, if you haven't written a review, I'd love for you to, to write a review. It really helps out the show. So would love for you to, to head over to iTunes and hey, you know, write a review. What do you like about the show? Why do you keep listening? Obviously, it's the end of the show. You're still listening and I'm so grateful for you. So let me know. Would love to hear from you. All right. You are awesome. Until next time, go create something.